Hello and welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. I have said enough about Elon Musk and Twitter to a degree, but I want to go to a piece that I wrote this morning. I wanted to save it till now. Plenty of other news to talk about. Um, But I, I do hope you realize that we are here right now in this situation because the left went nuts. And I do think you have to understand it that way, that the left went nuts. Um, I know there are some of you out there who believe that uh, a biological male can become a female. I, I know some of you believe that. But you need to recognize overwhelmingly Americans don't. Biology and science itself say it's not possible. And you can say that a man can become um he can have a, a feminine character or can dress himself in a way or alter himself to seem like a woman seem but not become and the right right now is playing this game uh and to some degree i wonder if someone somewhere machiavellian is pulling the strings on this so oklahoma uh the governor there has now signed a law in oklahoma that prohibits non-binary birth certificates. So the doctors will have to say boy or girl. Now, medically, this is a big thing. So keep in mind, there have been a series of stories. They don't get a lot of press coverage, but they are real, of a woman who wound up dying of prostate cancer because she was actually a man, never informed the doctor that she was biological male, and she wound up having prostate cancer and died. Or in another situation, a man who died in pregnancy along with his child because he was actually a woman, and so never presented as a pregnant woman, never presented as pregnant, presented just as a man, and died in childbirth. These things actually happen, uh, and this is a mental illness issue, and it's uncomfortable. I know you don't like to talk about this stuff, but it's a real issue, and the left has lost its mind on this stuff, and the only way the left seems to think it can win this issue is to silence everybody else. They want to win through censorship. They want to win through silence, which brings us to the Elon Musk situation. You know, so there's a very precipitating event for uh, most things in history. There are lots of things that cause things, but then there is a precipitating event. The precipitating event, for example, of of, uh, the Pharisees deciding they got to kill Jesus is he raised Lazarus from the grave. John 11 talks about this, that he raises Lazarus from the grave, and that immediately set into motion the ultimate plot that had been bandied about for a while. It was absolutely, we got to get rid of this guy. It was that act. The act that led Elon Musk, the precipitating event, was Twitter banning the Babylon Bee. At least I think so. No one has said this for sure, but I'm pretty convinced this is it. So Elon Musk participates in a video podcast with the Babylon Bee. He had become a fan of the site through Twitter, had retweeted their articles, sat on their podcast, and then the Babylon Bee got banned from Twitter. Now, why? They got banned because they decided to give Rachel Levine, the uh, Assistant Secretary of Health and Human Services, their Man of the Year Award. Rachel, Rachel Levine is a biological male. And Twitter banned them for hate speech, turned off their account. They refused to delete the tweet, so Twitter refused to allow the Babylon Bee to come back. 
And that set in motion Elon Musk deciding to buy Twitter, becoming aware of how disproportionately and unfairly Twitter was banning people because the left went nuts. They've embraced this mythology of transgenderism, the number of people who put their pronouns in their email subject lines or or their signature lines or their Twitter bios. If it's just nuts. And they've embraced it. Not only have they embraced it, but they've decided to be censorious about it. They've decided to censor other people. And the result was it provoked Elon Musk to buy Twitter. And then they had an absolute meltdown about it uh, because they're afraid he'll allow hateful speech. He'll allow a speech that is, is unacceptable, is disinformation, is misinformation. Twitter engineers are continuing to double down and defend having turned off the New York Post's account when they published the fair, accurate, and true Hunter Biden story. They said, actually, we had rules against hacking. The New York Post never hacked the laptop, and yet they turned it off. And the Politico ran a story yesterday about the woman in charge of Twitter's legal team and who she came up with the censorship policies at Twitter. Now, listen, we're, we're talking about it in the, the vernacular here in, in the common tongue. No, the First Amendment doesn't apply, but we can use censorship. You know what I mean? And Twitter's turning off accounts and the like. The, the New York Post, they banned uh, Donald Trump, the same lawyer. This woman was in charge of it. And apparently on Monday, she gathered her team and started crying in the meeting about how all their work may be undone by Elon Musk. And uh, she got a lot of, it became a very trending story. It circulated all over Twitter. She was getting a lot of hateful tweets. I actually tagged her in a tweet pointing out that this woman who did all of these inappropriate things was crying. And, and in the media, he said, oh, it's Elon Musk. That's why she's getting all the hate because he replied to someone who highlighted that article. It was disinformation from those members of the press blaming Elon Musk, but they're enraged about it. But it's not just that. That insanity led, led Musk to buy Twitter. But Joe Biden and the Democrats have gone so insane over climate change. I mean, you had the crazy dude the other day who who poured gasoline on himself and self-immolated, killed himself in front of the Supreme Court in a protest. Joe Biden and the climate change warriors are still trying to restrict fossil fuels. John Kerry came out just yesterday, I believe it was, and, and said they need to curtail and restrict and ultimately ban natural gas, which will drive up power prices. You can't now gas prices have come down in large part because of uh, tax holidays from governors around the nation. The fuel, pr fuel prices have come down, but it's still expensive. And it's expensive because the Democrats are still at war against fossil fuel and you're paying the price of the pump. But you're also paying the price when you buy meat, uh, when you buy stuff at the grocery store because of fuel price for transportation costs, uh, cattle transportation to, to the slaughterhouses. All that is factored into the price of beef. It's gone up. And then there are the empty store shelves and the supply chain crises. And Pete Buttigieg decided to take paternity leave and not tell anybody. And he... Um, Hadn't fixed the supply chain crisis. The Democrats have gone nuts about climate change. The Democrats have gone nuts about crime. They want to defund the police in the middle of a crime wave. They want to defund the police in the middle of a crime wave. Now they say they don't want to defund the police, but they are. You've got progressive district attorneys around the nation refusing to enforce crimes. You know, the subway shooter in New York, remember how quickly that has fallen on the headlines. My goodness gracious, 
that whole story disappeared so quick when he turned out not to be white. And it turned out that the progressive DA had let him out of jail. He should have been charged with a felony for a prior crime. The DA undercharged him. And as a result, he was able to buy the gun. Had the DA been aggressive and charged him with a felony, he would not have been able to buy the gun. But the progressives have gone nuts on crime. They have gone nuts on crime. They've gone nuts on transgenderism. They've gone nuts in education. They now want to indoctrinate your kids and tell them they're all racist. They want to bring in critical race theories and how they shape history and make sure your kids know we live in a systemically racist nation. They've lost their minds on the issue. They've gone nuts. They've gone nuts on on so many things, and the voters are tired of it. And like I mentioned yesterday— the Washington Post has a story where the Democrats essentially know they're they're trying to mitigate their losses now, but crazy cannot mitigate crazy. We are here because the Democratic Party is now crazier than the right. And listen, it's not like the right is saying you've got nut jobs on the right too. In in the interest of fairness, you got nut jobs on the right too. You got the people who stormed the U.S. Capitol on on January sixth, thinking they could stop the electoral college. They're nuts. You've got nuts on the right. You got nuts on the left. The problem is the nuts on the left. Well, they're nuttier. Is it kind of? It's kind of funny, isn't it? Uh, I mean, right now the voters they're looking at the GOP, saying mm, Marjorie Taylor Greene might be saner than Joe Biden. That's kind of a damn near. Now, hopefully, Georgia Republicans will replace her with Jennifer Strayan in that primary there. Uh, but regardless. It's not like the Republicans don't have problems. And so there's a side story, a moral of the story, if you will, here. Republicans, people listening to me right now, don't be insane. Don't be rageaholics. Don't be nasty. Exercise some humility. I mean, the biggest problem the Democrats have right now is they're not very humble. They think everybody agrees with them. And most people don't. They're not very humble. And that's part of the problem here. If the Democrats exercise just a modicum of humility, if they admitted maybe they don't know everything and maybe not all their policies are as pure as the driven snow, maybe they could turn the game around, turn the train around, slow it down at least, but they can't. Because crazy doesn't know that crazy is crazy. And crazy sure as heck doesn't know that crazy isn't humble. And voters want sanity and they want humility. And they're getting more of it from the Republican Party. And again, it's not like the Republicans are that much better than the Democrats. They're a little bit off too. Some of their policies are clunkers too. But they're better than what you get from the left. No one on the right is demanding that everybody be shut down in silence. Okay, Disney, yes, but only because Disney got involved in this thing in Florida. But they're kind of using Disney as deterrence. But overwhelmingly, you don't see the right rushing to Facebook or to Twitter or somewhere else saying, shut these people down. Now, if we were culturally dominant, we might, but we're not. And so we know we've got to exercise some level of humility here. The left just kind of presumes that anyone on the side of being right is with them. And they have no humility to understand that not everybody agrees with their policies. So Elon Musk is buying Twitter because the left went nuts. And the Democrats are going to lose in November because the left went nuts. And I actually am kind of more and more thinking 
that the Republicans will win in 2024 because you know what the Democrats are going to do between now and then? They're going to blame their losses on Elon Musk buying Twitter and supposedly censoring them, shadow banning them. They're going to blame it on voter suppression. They're going to blame it on electoral uh, law changes. They're not going to recognize that they're the problem. It's not their message. It's their policies. And they can't be honest with themselves because crazy cannot recognize crazy. Well, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news or I told you so's, but I kind of told you also. Doesn't look like the Florida legislature is going to actually be able to repeal the Reedy Creek Tax District for a couple of reasons. And you you probably need to know this because it's come up in so many conversations of late. Uh, first is there actually does appear to be a First Amendment issue at play uh, under Florida case law and federal case law. And again, uh, you got to keep in mind and it just I, I don't listen. I don't care if you disagree with me, but understand your disagreement is not with me. Your disagreement is with the law. All I'm trying to do is educate you about what that is. But uh, there is apparently not just, and I was, I I've never practiced law in Florida, so I wasn't aware of it, but there is Florida law and federal law that a lawful act of the government can become unlawful if it's designed to punish someone for previously exercised free speech. So Florida can get rid of the Reedy Creek Tax District. But Florida cannot get rid of it if the reason is to punish Disney for speaking up on something. So it's, it's uh, again, this is a very basic concept in, in the case law from the Supreme Court and apparently in Florida. A legal act by a government can become illegal if it is done to punish someone for their First Amendment rights. Now, you should, as a conservative, actually like this. Because when California decides to start taking away the tax exempt status of Christian schools for not indoctrinating their kids on transgenderism, this case law helps those schools. But there is a new issue that has come up, and I was wondering about this one. So I used to do tax improvement districts and uh, bonds in lieu of taxation. Uh, I, I, the the Bass uh, Pro Shop development down in middle Georgia, I did that one. And you negotiate with the government terms for the bonds. And if the government undermines the bonds, the government is on the hook for the bill. There are contract rights in the federal and state constitutions of the several states. Georgia, where I am, actually has a very strong uh, um, contract right. You, the state cannot interfere in contract rights. Well, the state of Florida, under the terms of the Reedy Creek Improvement District, said it would, if it altered the Reedy Creek Tax Improvement District, uh, have to take over the bonds. If the terms of the district change, then the taxpayers of Florida are on hook for the debt or the terms have to revert back. And so what Disney is now saying is based on their review of the language of the bonds and let me just cut to the chase. They're right. I practiced in this area of law. The state can't get rid of the Reedy Creek Tax District while there are these outstanding bonds unless the state takes over the liability. Now, the state can structure this, go back and amend it to say that the Reedy Creek Tax Improvement District will expire after these bonds are paid off. And that's going to be a very long time. Uh, in some case, it looks like one of them is a 20-year bond. 
but that, if that happened, they could do it. And that would also put Disney on notice they can't take over additional bonds. The other thing is, under some of the language from the Reedy Creek Tax Improvement District, Disney set up a number of cities down in Florida. Celebration, I think, is one. There are a couple of other cities. And Disney, instead of handing property over to counties, could hand the property over to those cities and have them incorporated as uh, state-level entities. And a lot of the local governments don't want that to happen because then it would uh, alter their structures in those counties. So at the local level, it's way more complicated than what the legislature seemed to do. I, I, you know, I didn't, I'm kind of ashamed of myself. I didn't even think about the contract right at the time. But yeah, that, that's actually bigger than the, the free speech issue. Because the bonds under the Florida Constitution, which I do know, even though I didn't practice law there, and the federal Constitution, you can't really interfere in the contract rights. And from what multiple reports from Bloomberg, the Miami Herald, the Orlando Sentinel, and others have said, uh, the tax improvement district language is very clear that if the state alters the Reedy Creek Tax Improvement District, the taxpayers of Florida have to pay the bonds. Do you really want, as a taxpayer of Florida, to pay the bonds for Disney? Do you want to cough up the money for that? You got legal problems with this, in large part because it was rushed through. My advice, if you want to get rid of the Reedy Creek Tax Improvement District, is to pass a new law. Don't get rid of this one and pass a new one. That when all the bonds are paid off, Reedy Creek must come to an end that the duration of the tax improvement district must expire upon uh, payment of the final of the existing bonds that would prohibit Disney from doing additional bonds. And it would not uh, violate the contract terms because it would stay as long as the bond has repayment for the next 20 years. And that makes the most sense to me. The question is, do the Republicans of Florida really want to get rid of Reedy Creek? And I'm not convinced they do. I'm still in the camp that they knew all of this and they did it for show and they never really meant it. Call me cynical, but it's not like this doesn't happen. I mean, we've seen this happen repeatedly in the past. All right, when we come back, we got to circle back to topic from yesterday, police violence, not police violence against others, but others' violence against the police. Hello, it is Eric Erickson here. Uh, the phone number, well, you know what? Um, the, we've actually had to close the phone lines now, so you can't call in. But for future reference, the phone number is 877-973-7425. I want to talk to you about uh, the deaths of police officers in this country. Again, I talked about it yesterday, and it's somewhat repetitive, but I've done some more thinking on it. That was kind of a spur-of-the-moment topic because I saw the headline, and I've done some more thinking And I really do want to set the stage for you. This ties into the Twitter situation, by the way. The left blames Donald Trump for what happened on January 6th. Actually, you know what? A lot of Republicans do too. I know you don't think so. But a lot of the people who sing Donald Trump's praises on a regular basis from the right blamed him for what happened on January 6th. Kevin McCarthy, one of them, Um, and more. They blame Donald Trump's rhetoric for inspiring people to march on the Capitol and break the doors down of the Speaker's lobby and try to get in and snatch Mike Pence and the like. Whether you agree or not, it's important you understand they believe that Donald Trump's rhetoric caused that. 
the left routinely believes that right-wing rhetoric causes violence. Sometimes, you know, they think the words themselves are violence. We went from sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me to words hurt. Words are violence, according to the left. And you on the right, when you say something hateful, you are literally causing someone to die with your hate. If you call a man a man, when that man believes he's a woman, you are literally causing violence. That's the left's position. When Jared Lochner attempted the assassination of Gabriel Giffords and killed a federal judge, in, um, when was it, 2011 or so in Arizona, the left immediately blamed Sarah Palin because Sarah Palin had used a, uh, what looked like a target symbol, a, um, it was a, a, um, a survey instrument a symbol, looks like a target, put it on Gabby Gifford's district, and they said her her targeting that, her use of militaristic language and symbols to target Gabby Giffords caused Jared Lautner to kill Gabby Giffords. That was their stated. It wasn't true, of course. It was not true. Not true at all. Sarah Palin, in fact, is suing the New York Times right now for reiterating that in an editorial when the New York Times itself had to debunk that claim. But the left believes words are violence. Floyd Lee Corkins was a crazy gay activist. He was a fan of the Southern Poverty Law Center. The Southern Poverty Law Center designated the Family Research Council as a anti-gay hate group. You should know I am friends with Tony Perkins. Tony runs the Family Research Council. He's a dear, very long friend of mine. He is from Louisiana, uh, very near where I grew up. He is a wonderful human being, and I am dear friends with many of the people who work for Family Research Council. And Floyd Lee Corkins went to Chick-fil-A one day and bought a bunch of Chick-fil-A sandwiches to take over to the Family Research Council to feed them. There's just one problem. He was going to feed them after he had blown their heads off. He was going to stuff the hateful, homophobic, bigoted chicken sandwiches in their mouths after they were dead. Floyd Lee Corkins was stopped by the guard who manned the the desk for the Family Research Council. Uh, Corkins was shot. The guard was shot. Uh, Corkins was arrested and has gone to jail for a very long time. He did it because he got mad when the Southern Poverty Law Center listed the Family Research Council as a hateful anti-gay group. And he wanted to take action. He wanted to do something. The words, apparently, the website, apparently, provoked him to act. Fast forward to when was it, 2017. The Republicans were considering uh, winding down Obamacare, fundamentally altering it, getting rid of the individual mandate, which they wound up doing. Democratic members of Congress were going to the House floor, what Alan Grayson was one of them and others. Uh, Republicans want you to die. Those were his words. Republicans want you to die. The Democrats were running ads showing Paul Ryan shoving grandma off a cliff. Democrats said Republicans were going to kill you by uh, ending net neutrality. The Republicans were going to kill you by passing Donald Trump's tax cuts. The Republicans were going to kill you by altering Obamacare. The Republicans want you dead. James Hodgkinson, a Bernie Sanders supporter, who also, by the way, was a big fan of the Southern Poverty Law Center. 
James Hodgkinson decided he was going to act. James Hodgkinson decided to go to Washington, D.C. and commit mass assassination. He showed up at a baseball field where Republicans were practicing for a congressional softball game, I guess it was, and opened fire and shot nearly fatally, thankfully not, uh, Steve Scalise and several other Republican members of Congress before himself being shot dead. Words provoked the crazy man to violence. When Bruce was a climate activist who had become convinced the world was going to end, that humanity is a blight on the world, and the world is going to come to a terrible end unless we do something, and he needed a dramatic demonstration, an attention-getting demonstration to show the world how bad it is. Last week, he went to the United States Capitol, Washington, D.C., to the steps of the United States Supreme Court on Earth Day, poured gasoline on himself and struck a match and died. A friend of his, Christy Canto, a climate scientist at the Environmental Defense Fund, said that uh, it was a planned act of protest. It was not suicide. She said, quote, this is a deeply fearless act of compassion to bring attention to the climate crisis. Crazy man set himself on fire and killed himself because so many people on the left have been saying the world's going to end. We're all going to die. We got less than 10 years to solve this problem. Words mean things. And they've provoked crazy people to violence. Now, you should not necessarily blame people for provoking crazy people to violence. After all, they are crazy people. But the left does. The left does. The left blames you for your rhetoric. The left blames conservatives. If anybody does anything crazy, uh, you get the blame for it if you're conservative. And as someone who acted out because you talked about something, you get the blame. Pay no attention to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez saying that we as a nation were running concentration camps down at the southern border. And she provoked a man to try to firebomb an ICE detention facility and he was killed. No, no. She gets no blame from the left. But Donald Trump gets all sorts of blame for all sorts of provocations with his words. And so you will note there hadn't been a lot of conversation that uh, every five days a police officer in this country is killed, murdered, not killed, murdered. It's a 59% increase in the last year of police murders. Not the police killing people, but people killing the police, willfully killing police officers. This comes after the George Floyd protests. This comes after sustained rhetoric from the Democratic Party about the racism of police departments. This comes after the New York Times fabulist uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones spreads the story that police departments around the country are actually derivative of Southern Confederates and their uh, posses to round up slaves. This comes after multiple progressive activists and organizations claim police officers around the country and police departments around the country are willfully racist. Uh, they are they are what um, a systemically racist. The number of police officers murdered in this country is up fifty nine percent every five days. Someone murders a police officer in this country. 
if it was conservatives who were saying these things, the media would be all over it, blaming the conservative rhetoric for the murders of the police officers. Why aren't they doing this with the left? Well, I mean, we know the answer, of course, because they're sympathetic to the left. But we've heard that police organizations are racist. Police officers are racist. Hell, I heard somebody the other day say that the, um, what is it, the Fraternal Order of Police is a racist organization. In Atlanta, Garrett Rolfe is still supposed to be on trial. He's the police officer who shot and killed, um, I think I was at Rashard Brooks or, or whoever who was uh, grabbed the taser, tried to fire it at the police officer. The police officer did his training, um, shot and fired. The guy died, and the police officer is the bad guy, according to the politicians, for doing his job. Police officers were fired, uh, minority police officers, no less, in Atlanta. During one of the protests, the former mayor of Atlanta had them fired for tasering college kids who refused to obey them and stop their car that was in danger of, of going into a protest. Democratic politicians have made police officers the bad guys. Democratic politicians have criticized whole police departments. And progressive activists and progressive politicians have uh, made all sorts of wild and horrific claims about the police. And now police shootings, the murders of police officers are up 59%, one every five days. Outside of this program, have you heard much about this? Kudos to Christopher Ray, the FBI director, for talking to Scott Pelley at 60 Minutes about it. 60 Minutes gave it attention. But where else have you heard this? It's not a national news story, and it should be. And you should probably ask yourself why it's not. These are the men and women who keep us safe every single day. And they are being murdered at a higher rate than at any time in this country. And we should be asking what has happened to cause that. And the only thing I can come up with is the hateful rhetoric against the police has inspired a bunch of crazy people. And we should know by the left standards, the left must be held accountable for that. Now, this is a terrible way to pivot, but I got to tell you about Gold Co. before I get out of here, because uh, Gold Co. is a precious metal company that you can use for your retirement. Now, listen, we're in the Carter era economy, and that's the sort of economy where precious metal investing may be a good fit for you. We get 40 year high inflation interest rate hikes. Increased gas prices. If you've got $50,000 or more in your IRA, 401k, or any other retirement savings, your money may be at risk. You don't have a lot of options, but you can protect your money with physical gold and silver. Call 855-904-5933. You will get a free wealth protection kit to learn how to use gold and silver to protect and grow your money. Thousands of retirees are protecting their retirement savings, and many are getting $10,000 or more in free silver for doing it. Call my friends at Gold Co. Find out how you qualify for the special offer. They've been helping thousands of Americans protect their retirement against inflation and stock market crashes. They can help you too. Give Gold Co. a call. 
If you instead of just try you trying to have you write down the number, this is easy to remember. Text Eric E R I C K to the number three three seven seven seven, and I will send you back Gold Coast phone number. Text Eric to three three seven seven seven. I'll send you Gold Coast number. See if they're a good fit for you for your retirement planning, for your strategies to fight inflation and stock market crashes. Text Eric to three three seven seven seven. This is going to be a rare answering your oddball question segment because I have. So let me back up here. If you're new to the program, I am a firm believer in trying to have some time together with friends because it's hard. And a lot of my friends are spread all over and I live about an hour and a half outside the city. And so it's hard to get together with people on occasion. And on Sunday nights, uh, a couple of friends come over pretty much every Sunday. And we sit on the front porch. We watch sports right now. It's hockey, the end of hockey season. Uh, we have some cigars, bourbon, and I cook. And a lot of the recipes that I send out are, uh, which reminds me, I got to send you all a recipe, don't I? It's Wednesday. Um, but a lot of the recipes I send are the stuff I cook on the front porch, for the front porch, not on the front porch. And I... Um, I really think it's important. And so I get questions now all the time. What bourbon? What what cigars? Now, my dad, I, I do need to note, God bless my dad. He says, I, I should probably not talk about this on radio that much. Uh, for people in church who, who they're just not used to somebody who talks Jesus, occasionally preaches, goes to seminary, and also is a bourbon cigar guy. This is why I'm in the Presbyterian church now. I grew up Southern Baptist. I love my Southern Baptist brothers and sisters. Most of them I'll sit down and have a glass of bourbon or a beer with, um, and then they just don't talk about it on Sunday. But nonetheless, uh, so I've been asked this question a lot. What is my go-to? So here it is. Uh, my go-to bourbon is called Basil Hayden. Uh, it is it's it's uh, it is not super. Uh, spicy, it's not very sharp. It, I mean, all bourbons burn, but not terrible. This one, I, I just find it a, a very pleasing balance. Uh, if you want something a little punchier, there's a McKenna 10-year. I really like the McKenna 10-year. Uh, uh, someone who will remain nameless did too until about a month ago and might have poured a, more of a glass than should have. I like those bourbons a lot. I mean, and you can go very pricey if you want. Uh, you can get Basil Hayden for under $50. Buffalo Trace is around $30, and it is very, very good. Huh. I was in the uh, Delta Sky Club a while back, and the the um, lady who was behind the bar was a fan, and I had a never-ending never glass or, like, bottomless glass. It I didn't intend for it to, but... Oh my gosh, um, that was that was not good. I should not have not have let her do that. But uh, it was great. Uh, Buffalo Trace is a good cheap bourbon. Uh, it, it actually is good. Uh, you can go to Blanton's. Uh, I have found Calumet 14. It's about a hundred dollars though. It's pricey. Calumet 14 is a higher end bourbon. I've only just discovered it. I really like it a lot. Uh, and you know, I'm one of those people. I I have I've got a couple hundred bottles of bourbon. And there are some of them that I've only had a little out of because I don't like them that much. And this is those are the ones that I tend to bring to um, when I do a bourbon and butts event to raise money for Children's Health Care I bring the ones that I know people really like, but they're just not my thing. I'll drink them, but they're just not my thing. And then I bring a couple of the ones that I really, really like. And so they can compare the differences. And um, but those are the ones uh, Basil Hayden is definitely my my go to the small and, and my buddy Ryan Pernice at Table of Maine told me I needed to really um, 
try Four Roses single barrel. It, it's kind of a square-ish style bottle. Yes, Four Roses. There are lots of Four Roses. There's a Four Roses regular, Four Roses small batch, and a Four Roses single barrel. Get the single barrel. It's worth it and reasonably priced. As for cigars, uh, there is a very cheap cigar that I like. It is $5. It is called the Arturo Fuentes Curly Head. And believe it or not, it is one of the best cigars I have found, and it's five bucks. Uh, my favorites, if you want the really expensive one, is called the Byron. You're probably not going to be able to find it. And then the the one that I really like, it's my favorite, and, and I've gotten to know the family kind of, and they like me, and so they send me extra ones. Uh, the Fuentes God of Fire. The God of Fire cigar is hands down my favorite cigar. Uh, they're hard to find, but they're good. Rush like the Opus X. And I've got the, in fact, I've got a box of Opus X cigars Rush sent me. Uh, still, I've got some of them. And they're really good, but they're kind of stronger than what I like. Uh, the God of Fire, I think, is just right there in the sweet spot for me. Your mileage may vary on that. So that answers the questions for you, I hope. Uh, Basil Hayden, the Four Roses Single Barrel. Uh, Buffalo Trace, if you can find it. It's kind of hard to find because it's cheap and it's actually really good. And then if you can find the Fuentes Curly Head, basically what I learned, so so Philip who works for me, he's the real cigar connoisseur, and I learned Cameroon wrappers. I like Cameroon wrappers. So go to the go to the cigar store and say, you want something with a Cameroon wrapper. Uh, try to find the Curly Head. Ask him if they have the Fuentes Curly Head. That's a really good one. And, of course, Cohiba Red Dots. You can never go wrong with those. So I'm answering the questions. I consider it done. You can subscribe to the podcast by texting SHOW to 33777 if you need to come back to this. But I, I've done my bit for King and Country, and I've answered all of your questions. So now I'm out of time. You guys have a great rest of the day.